Welcome to the party, pal. This is the podcast, the mind-bending film and television podcast you never knew you needed. My name is Brian Saxon. I'm here with my co-host, Michael Shields. How you guys doing out there? I got to tell you, Brian, this is kind of going to be a weird uh, transition, film transition for me. I just got out of taking my daughter to see a screening of Hook, Steven Spielberg's Hook. Wow. So I just walked out of that. I've so never got, seen that. Have you not? No. It's, I remember when it came out, and yeah, I had no interest. It was in a big it. deal before it. It was at the Alamo, um, and they're always showing beforehand previews leading up to it that kind of associate with the film. So they're showing like old commercials, like McDonald's commercials about the film. It was you it saw was, that today. That was I just got out. Yeah, okay. And so hooks on the mind, but I'm going to try to get past it because today we're talking about Phantom, Th- Phantom Thread. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, the eighth film directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Stars Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, There Will Be Blood, and newcomer mm-hmm. Vicky Creeps. Am I saying that right? It can't be Creeps. 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 K-R-I-E-P-S. And then uh, Leslie Manville. It's, um, you know, it's a historical drama set in London in the 1950s. And, um, you know, Lewis plays a dressmaker who falls in love with a young waitress. And their relationship uh, kind of transitions between, you know, very, you know, infatuation and... And then, you know, uh, uh, distance and disconnection till they kind of reconcile their differences a little bit. But, um, hey, uh, spoilers. Once again, this is, we, we spoil the crap out yeah. of everything. Yeah, you should watch a movie if you're going <laughs> to listen to this. And just any podcast moving forward. This is number two for us. And we're going to be... This is our second one, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's, we're, we, we're, we're going to dissect the hell out of these things. So, um so this is a PTA film, and that's what drew me to it. Paul Thomas Anderson, he's a boss. I love him. You know, this is eighth film. His um, how many has he done now with Daniel Day? Two. Just, it's just second, the second. Just just the second. Be blood. Because yeah. he loves he loves his collaborations. Right. You know, Philip uh, Seymour Hoffman was a big one of right. him. A lot of John. You know, uh, it's just you know he works with the same um, cinematographer usually. We're gonna get into that because he did not use a cinematographer in this. Yeah. One. Um, but, um, yeah, the big, the big story became, and we'll get into the acting, was Daniel Day-Lewis's last film. But Is he, it, though? I, you know what? I certainly hope not. It's a weird one to end on. Yeah. You know what? Jay-Z came. They all come back. Jordan right. came back. Uh, you, I mean, what's your relationship with Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, just to start? I mean, who, you, I, you love him. I mean, I saw, I saw Boogie Nights in theaters. <laughs> Sorry. I saw I saw Boogie Nights in theaters when I was in college, so that was the first one. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, that was that was the first one that I saw. Heart Eight, I definitely watched like a couple of years later. Were you blown away by Boogie Nights when you first? Yeah, saw it? big yeah. time. Yeah. Boogie Nights is epic. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Boogie Nights. I mean, yeah, that's a huge scope for, and I believe that you could even classify that as technically an indie. Yeah, yeah. At that point. Um, revived Burt Reynolds' career. Absolutely, kind of helped launch Marks. It was he. I mean, he obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He he wasn't acting before. He wasn't acting though. Wait, did he do? Did he do Fear before that or after that? That's That's it. Look that up because what what we have, I think chronologically, it was Heart Eight, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood, The Master, Inherent Vice, and then this. So a lot of. um, I mean, he's a true, true auteur and. um, I mean, I'm I am an incredible fan of his work. It's he's been blowing me away for a while. And oh, he was in uh, Basketball Diaries and Fear. Yeah, but they were both prior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 
That's interesting, but I mean, definitely took. I it's it's hard to think that it didn't take him to a next level, and right. I mean, he pulled it out, or as a legit actor, <laughs> as a legit actor, exactly, yeah. exactly. Not in. I mean, in Basketball Diaries, he was just a piece of that larger puzzle, and that was. Um, and Fear was kind of like a teeny bopper, yeah, it was. horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember that well. He uh, remember he he carves her name in his chest. He does Nicole forever. Yeah, four and then EVA. EVA. Yeah. Um, uh, why my memory goes back to you got fear. Of, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I don't have much of it left. But um, um, but yeah, Boogie Nights is uh is the bomb. Yeah. And uh, it uh and, and I loved uh, I love Magnolia too. Yeah. He's followed that up with so Magnolia. Magnolia is so really special. dope. Uh, I mean, in there will be blood. It's just it's 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 cinema master master. Yeah, yeah that's his. That's his. Uh, <laughs> That's his uh, big. I think that's his his masterpiece. Yeah, and I wouldn't argue with I, that at all. When I saw the trailers for this one, I was like, the trailers for this were. Yeah, I, don't I know. mean, it's I mean, it's hard to cut a piece that's this that's this you know it, that's about something like this set somewhere like London and just about a dressmaker and it's about subtleties. It's a subtle film and, and you know, glances mean so much and, and it's, I mean, cutting a trailer out of that must have been a bit of a nightmare to make it. <coughs> I just, I thought it looked like the most boring piece of uh, art that was, cinema that was that was going to be released <coughs> at the time. But, yeah. But I didn't think that. I, I, I actually, I was pretty taken by the film overall but um, this was, you know, just to kind of round out the PTA talk, he usually uses the same uh, cinematographer. He um, let me look this. Uh, where I actually have a note on it. He, but but for this one, he did not use a cinematographer. He uh, he he uh, he served as well before this came out. He was doing some work with Radiohead, and they put out their album a moon sha- a moon shaped pool. And he has a he has a strong relationship with Johnny Greenwood. Who, right. Well, who, he's, he did There Will Be Blood. Yeah, he's done four of their scores at this point, and he did this one as well. Um, but he's so Paul Thomas Anderson um, directed three of his videos. He 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 shot them, um, and he was the DP on uh, uh, directed them and, and and shot them. He did three videos for Moon Shape Pool, uh, but he usually works with Robert Elswit, and uh, they've done six films together, and he's the one who won the Academy Award for There Would Be Blood. Right. Um, so he's done six of the eight have been with him. Uh, one, um, one, wait, let me think. Inherent Vice was shot by someone else. I cannot say his name. Miha uh, Malamore or something. It's, I, it's, I can't. I, M-I-H-A-I. Mihai? Mihai. M-A-L-A-I-M-A-R-E. That's a tough it's one. A tough sorry, one. sorry, me. I, I I really apologize, but so apparently Ellswit was busy shooting um, Roman J. Israel Esquire, so he couldn't do it, and supposedly Mihai was busy as well, and he just kind of took it upon himself working with the the staffs and the gaffers, and so he shot it himself, and it's I mean it's uh to 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 terrific results if you ask me the a lot of uh, so wait who so. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson shot Th- this film. Phantom Thread. Oh, I yeah, didn't know this that. is it was all him. He did the uh, 
he was the director of photography on it. And, yeah, uh, wow. It's, it's the first time he's... Soderbergh does that. He does, right? Yeah, Soderbergh. I mean, Soderbergh operates, too. Yeah. So, I mean, for someone that doesn't know, usually a director of photography does not operate the camera. That's what a camera operator's yeah. for. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of times they will. But, mm-hmm. uh, so, like, Soderbergh on Traffic, he served as the DP and the camera operator. Mm-hmm. So, and the director, oh, wow. which is fucking nuts. It's a lot. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's... But I think if you're that into a mm-hmm. into a project, yep, yeah, I mean, there's a control thing for that, and uh, I've, I've read a couple articles just kind of getting into him him taking this on for that, and just everybody uh, that he worked with, all the offers, all the all the camera operators, and everyone was just kind of blown away. Everything he knew about uh, the intricacies, the film, and everything. I mean, right. It's it's it's, it's um, he was well versed to say to say the least. So I thought. As far as that, just just my takeaway of him, you know, kind of filming it, 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 you know, he did invoke a lot of close-ups and a lot of, uh, it's it, it, it just something about the way it was shot made it feel like such an intimate movie, right? To me, and and, and uh, I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, that's beautiful. also that's also Daniel Day, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, there's so many weird scenes. That scene where he's where he meets her for the first time, where he's ordering his the, his yeah, breakfast. Yeah, I could listen to him order breakfast all day long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't even know what they're like getting with a lot of like what they're what point they're trying to make with a lot of those scenes. Mm. Just how particular well, he I, is. I think is the, a, I think it absolutely is how particular he is. It's I mean, it's the one of the themes that I kept running back to is. Um, is kind of a man stuck in his ways and just how it is, how inconvenient love can be to someone who is stuck in their ways. And, you know, it's, she's kind of trying to fit into his world. It's, there's actually that, the, 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 the I think one of the high points of the film was the, uh, <laughs> kind of digging right in, but the, uh, the asparagus dinner scene when she makes him dinner, oh, she hijacks him. Yeah, no, that thought that was such the such a low point. Oh, did you? Yeah. I think it's br- it's an absolutely brilliantly acted scene. <laughs> Is it? Well, like let me let me finish my point. If you, if you don't mind, it sounds like you have beef with it. Uh, he describes it as an ambush, and she's kind of lamenting on how she's tired of waiting for you to tell me to leave. And I just there's such tension, and you know, I just kind of got to thinking about how how truly hard it is in a lot of ways to meld two lives together as one. And, 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 and for relationships you do, you have to give and you have to be unselfish and you have to change. And in many ways that kind of sucks because you kind of want it to be, you know, how special is it to find someone you truly love that, that, that accepts you for who you are and all that. But there's that line that they, uh, that he says during that dinner scene, it's up to you whether you want to share your life with me, meaning, you know, you either fit here or you don't, um, which kind of sets up the rest of the movie with what happens. But uh, it's love is com- love is surely complicated like that, and it's, it's 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 it takes away some of the conscious choice of being with someone sometimes. But so but, he knew that she was poisoning him at that point. I don't believe so. I believe she. It came to him. It. This is what I think. So I, I, I was hoping we kind of wait for the the ending point and uh, as as we move along, but. It's hard not to address yeah, this whole yeah. thing. It's it, I, this is what I uh, I truly believe to be the case that he doesn't fully understand that she did that because she poisoned him basically that one time and nursed him back to health. Right, and he liked it a lot, right. a whole lot. He so much so that when he came to, that's when he asked her to marry him. Right. So 
the way it's kind of a fun, uh, and it's, you know, we use the word mind bending to describe this podcast. Um, it's almost like, to me, it's almost like a psychedelic experience he had, meaning he had like a kind of like a trip and he was nursed out of it and taken care of. And he liked that trip. He right. liked that experience. And when he was kind of offered it again at the end, when, when they kind of came and described and, and talked about that, and he makes a conscious decision to go through it again, he's like, I'm the, uh, yes, I'm going to do that. They're fetishes. I think it's a movie a lot about fetishes aligning in a lot of ways. Um, For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> but so then did he figure it out in that moment? I think in the, 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 the dinner table scene, well, I can't, I kind of the whole, everything leading up to that, her cutting mushrooms where they were at, um, just the, the, you know, I think that's why it was such a slow put together scene. And then I think it does. And I mean, obviously she flat out says it in that scene and it all, you can almost see him ruminating over Yeah. What does she say again? She, she says, she like? says, I want you to get sick. And I mean, I don't know the, um, uh, I don't know the exact words, but like, I want, I, I want you, I want to take care of you. And I right. want, you know, it's so, I think that was the moment. So huh. I don't know, but that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's those moments and like that, like that dinner scene, I already used the word intimate. Um, and I feel like this was PTA a lot. It just, you felt like you were a part or I didn't, I felt like I was a part of something that was so personal. I almost felt guilty. Like I shouldn't be there. It was, it was it, in, it was really being brought directly into this really intense and unique relationship, and I and I definitely like that. And it, the acting, as you said, really yeah me into that. Yeah, yeah. I, he's he's solid. She's really good too. She, I didn't expect her to be. I for, again, that was one of the things from the trailers that when I watched it, I was like, "What is this? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is this girl?" Yeah. It's, she, it's she's, super. She's a true newcomer is that? No, I, mean, I think I looked up some things I and I wasn't finding any. If you, if you don't mind, you got the computer right there. Um, um, she, I mean, she's described as a newcomer in many ways. Cause I mean, it's, I definitely think she held her own, and more than that, with Dan, the, she was great. I, I, I too, I was skeptical just because I didn't know who she was, and right, and yeah, I'd and like to see her. One, of, one of the things too is, I mean, I hate to say it, but I am a heterosexual man. Like initially, my uh, the from the trailer, it was just like, oh, I, d- I no, man. no, I'm ashamed that like I, oh, I judge people on, on 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 looks, yeah. like that's which is a thing that that people do. It does. It, it would be a lie to, and to I, assume that we did not. Right, right. And I remember thinking, like, who is this girl? Mm-hmm. I don't find her attractive. Yeah. Why is she in this? Which is yeah. a totally fucked up thing for yeah. me to say. Totally. However, um, I think like when you watch a film, you get to see it especially something like this is so much more levels than just initial looks. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I really did find her attractive in the movie. Yeah, you did, right? Cause I yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. Just, Big it, time. Was, I mean, there was, I don't there, know if it had to do with her personality. There was a lot of strength in her. I was attracted to, and which right. is funny. Cause like there was so much of a situation where she would have to be submissive. Um, and it was a willful submissive. It was kind of like a purposeful submissive, but there was a lot of strength in her. And, I found that extremely attractive in many ways. Has, I th- please. Yeah, I don't. There's. It's it's a lot of. It looks like German German films. Um, I didn't know they did a remake of Das Boot, or they yeah. are doing that. Have you ever seen Das Boot? That's Wolfgang Peterson's first mm, yes, film, yeah, the yeah, submarine yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't know it. I, I'm not familiar. I haven't seen it. Um, 
But we cannot move past acting with, without talking about Leslie Manville, who played um, Sarah Woodcock. She was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, very deserving. She was nominated. The film was not... Um, Oh, was she nominated? Yeah, too? The, the film has garnered six Academy Award nominations: one for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, her Best Original Score, Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead fame that we've talked about. Costume Best design. costume design, yeah. obviously. That's Mark Bridges. Um, and she, to art, me, art direction didn't get. Not that I saw. I think I just lit, listed the six. I'm not sure. But, yeah, man, um, costume design was uh, was pretty. Yeah. Pretty off the charts. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, he they did really create that world of, uh, of the 1960s, yeah. Six, 50s, yeah. 50s fashion world. Definitely. Um, yeah, 50s, 50s. It was 1950s. Do you know, um, I, I do want to talk about Leslie Moore, but it just came to me. Daniel Day, he um, uh, he just, as he does with his, his method of acting, he, um, he took that... Uh, the sewing part of it incredibly serious he learned to cut and sew and recreate uh it's it, he's a really really famous um uh seamstress fashion designer um balenciaga uh and he learned to recreate the entire uh dress like he went in like yeah, yeah absolutely went in which is well really, he was a cobbler he was a cobbler that's right it can't absolutely. be that far off. Yeah, totally. Making it's shoes, working, working, making dresses. Yeah, absolutely. The Cobbler. You seen, you seen that Adam Sandler? No. <laughs> I stopped it. watching Adam Sandler movies yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I have to see, I'm going to have to see the new one coming out with Chris Rock. One of my friend, Katie Hartman's in it. She's, uh, she's awesome. She's got like, you know how there's a wedding in it? She's Wait, like, well, hang on. There's an, I have Netflix is going to be cranking out Adam Sandler Dude, they, well, they, they, for a while. They yeah. Deal, forever. Probably. Forever. forever exactly. They did a deal for six. Originally. I believe it was six. And, uh, I, which I remember when that happened. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is why? Netflix doing this? Why? But Netflix is doing it because Netflix is. I bet just, they do well. Taking everything. And, uh, they're taking everything indeed. And uh, I've I've heard that they do they do do well, and, and I've heard people being like, "Look, they're not for you," you know. They're like for you know kids kids. Well, I don't know who they're for. Oh no, yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know who, who watches. I, I don't that. know. I, I mean, someone. I mean, I know do. why. I know why. I watched Adam Sandler when he first came out. Yeah, because I was like in ninth grade Absolutely. when uh, Billy Madison came out. Definitely, that's no, like, that was a level of humor pure, I yeah, was at. Yeah, no stupid, question. ridiculous stoner humor yep but i mean are our younger kids now getting into adam sandler I don't, yeah exactly but I mean, he's he, like a he ninth grader is would, a ninth grader like would he be cool to a ninth grader no i don't way. think so no way he's like a, kind of like a washed up older right i don't know he definitely he's got just connections or something. i don't know we're, we're way now <laughs> he's he still has to make money like for these yeah for these entities mm-hmm that's what it comes down to. I watched The Cobbler because uh, Method Man was in it, and I'm like, I want to see Ridiculous that. Ridiculous sex? I wanted to see it. I did not. I almost thought about it. So Leslie Manville plays Cyril Woodcock, and she crushes it. She's known for her work um, to American audience. She does a lot of theater uh, in England, and but to American audience, she's done a lot of Mike Lee films, All or Nothing, in Another Year, the two that like kind of kind of um, made a little bit of waves. Um but her, yeah, I mentioned strength as far as uh, um, uh, almost character. Uh, I mean, this is the character who keeps House Woodcock in order. She's she's strong as fuck, um, and I think like, it's, it's kind of one of those things. People who work with genius, they know how to handle genius. They know how to kind of 
I don't, I don't want to use the word cater because, but like, it's it's you know, it, she 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 was able to control such a strong personality in a lot of ways. Right. I th- I thought this uh, this character in this storyline was like one of the big flaws of in this what film. Way? They they never followed up with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my biggest thing with this film was I was I was really into it for like an hour and 45 minutes, two hours. Yeah, maybe. you mentioned how you liked it for a long time. For a time. long time. Yeah. I was just like, this is going somewhere. This is, I mean, he's really good. She's really good. Mm-hmm. She's really good. Uh, costume design, cinematography, direction, like everything was, everything was there. And then maybe about 45 minutes left, I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, they can't, there's no way they are possibly going anywhere with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they did. Like, and one of the one of the problems that I had with it is that sister character that could have like developed into something really, really disturbing or really confrontational, and it just didn't. Yeah, like it didn't go anywhere. I don't. Understand. I I, well, I, be- I I actually believe that was kind of the crux of the whole thing was the sister character, um, and that she was the setup for everything that happened moving forward and 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 to speak on that like i just wanted to mention her strength again real quick that line don't pick a fight with me you certainly won't come out alive i'll go right through you and it'll be you ends up on the floor and she's such a boss but she was basically his surrogate mother and we need to talk about mother issues because this is kind of kind of leads to everything that helps you make sense with what happened with him wanting to be getting taken care of he start. They start the movie out right out the gate with him talking about. Um, uh, I had a dream. Is that I had a dream about her last again? Yeah, or? something like that. But then the, uh, he has a lack of hair of his mother that mm-hmm. he sews into his jacket. I mean, creepy. As I mean, it, I bought. I, I, I bought so. it. I was like, yeah, it's super nice. Yeah, oh, it's did he really nice cool? Cool. Yeah, yeah man, I, I kind of saw creepy, that. But I, like, no, I, I kind of saw all those scenes where he's talking to her mm-hmm. as like more f- through her eyes. Like this guy's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Like, it's, told, okay. Yeah. So, no, that's a good way to take it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you find someone that's like super magnetic, mm-hmm. that like everything they do, you're just like, wow. Like, yeah. It's just, I, I you don't totally. know how to explain it. Absolutely. I felt like he was that sort of character. Yeah. You, you know, I've never met someone like. This. Yeah. Like, who, like wow, yeah. that's totally not weird that you sew a lot yeah, of absolutely. your mother's hair <laughs> yeah. into. I want to sew things. Yeah. I, 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 I should be a better son. Yeah. I should. Uh, <laughs> I should do that. He's, but he clearly, clearly says. You know, I mentioned how I mentioned I, I, I kind of compared it to a trip. Um, while he was tripping um, on the mushrooms, almost dying the first time, he did see his mother. Right. And that is something that's probably a good thing for him. But, uh, but I, well, it, he sees his mother in the room yeah. and then he sees his lover, yeah. wife, not wife yet at that not point. Not wife yet. Lover yeah, at he, that he, point, he girlfriend. Yeah. He sees her walk into the room mm-hmm. and that's where he's obviously drawing yeah. a, a parallel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, that's, I mean, an obvious parallel right there. And, I mean, back. is that, but that's, I mean, we could, I'll just get into it now instead of like jumping ahead to the end where we do like, yeah, we've already up. touched on it. So whatever. But what my biggest thing with this film and generally across the board. And it, so when I saw it and then I told, you know, friends, family that, mm-hmm. that are into movies, I was like, I saw Phantom Thread. What'd yeah. you think? 
I, I didn't know what to tell them. Yeah. Like, I, I can't say that I didn't like this movie mm-hmm. because I did. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I can't say that it's a good movie and that I would give a thumbs up to yep. and be like, you should go see this. I have a real tough time being on either side of it yeah. because it really threw me off. And I think the biggest problem that I had with it was what is the point of this movie? What is the point of it? If you had to tell someone, you know what this movie is about? It deals with themes of blah, X and Y. What is this movie about? Mother issues? It goes like way beyond that. I believe it's about the power of love to warm even the coldest of hearts. I didn't even feel like it was a love movie. It's definitely about, it's definitely about, definitely a love story. And I mean, he was (laughs) the most set in his way man, the most particular man ever. And it and it took uh, succumbing to to love to really like find a happiness in his life. I mean, it's it, I mean it's about obsession, it's about neuroses, but I mean yeah, it's, for it's, sure. It's, it's, it's and it, it's also it's his fetishes. I mean, at the end, and I mean I I mean I you know I hear what you're saying when you like I I actually really enjoyed it and I really liked it, but like. There's, I mean, there's like three people in my life where I'm like, you need to see this. And right, I don't, yeah. I mean, there's, it's not one of those universal, you know, everyone that's great. I mean, I think it's a great movie, but I like, was I, laughing, yeah. a, I was laughing a lot. I was laughing a lot at, because at a certain point when you get to know a character. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Everything he was, everything Dude, he I would was, say or get, especially when he was getting irritated. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scene where she's like. Eating the oatmeal with the spoon and she's biting on the spoon. It's as if you just rode a horse across the room. He described her buttering her toast. It's as if you just, I mean, the directness, the language really blew my mind. There's another one. Check this one out. When um, she brings the tea in, he doesn't want the tea. And he tells her to leave. He goes, the tea is going out. The interruption interruption is staying right here. That's that's really funny asshole stuff. Yeah. That's really well written asshole stuff. It's, yeah. it, 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 <laughs> Uh, it's really, really crazy. But um, I don't know. I, I it's, it, it's something that it's it's definitely not for everybody, which is easy to say. But I do feel it was it was pretty well set up with with that lock of hair. Like I was saying, um, he mentions you know she taught me my trade. I, I don't I, I I you know I don't like to be without her in that. He and yeah, so I do. I, you know, I do think the you know sister being um, kind of a maternal surrogate to him was actually. Oh, oh, wait, I have I have a note here. Um, uh, I, I you know I thought how about the scene, um, and just kind of it just to show you know Sarah Woodcock's how how she did run House Woodcock when when they, they go on their first date and then they're upstairs trying. Wasn't that a, that wasn't that an odd choice for a name too. Woodcock. Well, you know that it's, he um, uh, Daniel Day Lewis chose the name. Really? He chose he, he chose the name. He, I mean, he's so hands on in this whole uh, situation. Um, Reynolds Woodcock was the name that he chose, and yeah, it's it's it's. I feel it's a little odd, but um, the scene I'm speaking about is just like when she he's dressing her initially, and it's like the first date, and she just walks in, um. And kind of out of nowhere, and just like how normal he acts, and it just you know, right. and the whole thing's odd. But like, I mean, I guess what we learned in that is that that nobody was in competition. You know, she was not in competition with Reynolds' woman. She will always be his his so and so, as right. he said. And so, she, I mean, her role within. I mean, she would even if he even like went to her to petition to kind of get rid of um, at one point because that's that was her role. And um, I don't know. It's it's. 
it's uh, it was kind of shocking too at that point when she says uh, how she you know she was fond of Alma at one point. Um, just I mean her it, it, just the strength in that role was something I really really took to. So it's I, I don't know I, I I don't know if it went somewhere, but I really feel like it it her involvement was kind of the backbone to um, to kind of everything that that took place. Right, right, right. You know what I I, I did learn Americans or specifically my toast holder game is so weak (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean now i don't the the toast holders the 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 contraptions that and i've seen these on english tables throughout the time where they keep the toast upright and they have slots and they bring them to the table right it's really uh yeah they uh they love carbs people love carbs oh my goodness they do carbs are the (laughs) best they're not afraid of them and in any ways but i need my um my British toast holder game mm. is I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to end up purchasing something. Right, right, right. Because um, uh, of this. But um, uh, anything else trip you up? Uh, there's a couple, like, fun little um, themes I like. I li- this is I, – I don't know why I asked you a question then kind of rambling on to something. But uh, it touches on one point of um, about selling out. Um, remember the scene where they go to retrieve the dress from the woman – who that was weird, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny too. I also thought that that was um, that was a big turning point in their relationship. It turned it they, turned him on. Yeah, she went. They, and, did, and, they did dirt together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they. I had no idea what was going on with that that plot, that subplot. By the way, yeah. Every time they show that woman, I'm just like, what is up with this? She woman? was one of the ones that. Well. The, one of the ones they weren't too proud of dressing, but she really... She, she had a ton she, of money. She had a ton of money. She helped pay for House Woodcock. Uh, but when she goes there, I mean, she tells him, she's like, she does not deserve to be wearing that dress. And then while she's undressing him, she's like, I don't care what she does with her life. Um, right. But she, but she cannot behave like this right. in a dress from, uh, from Woodcock. And and then at the afterwards, he's like, yo, like, yeah. it really meant something to him. And Yeah, so, okay, so then... So that happens, and there's there's this moment of oh he really loves her. I feel like 15 minutes later he has that conversation with his sister yeah. where she walks in and she's like he's like she's disrupting oh, this absolutely. house. Absolutely, he's wrestling with the fact of uh, of of her intrusion upon his life the entire time. It's I mean it is I'm, contentious to the point where. Where? I just feel like that, like the way he was acting, was particularly cruel. Even after he, she realized he realized that she was listening to that. Mm. This was like one of the problems that I had with it. It doesn't. It did not seem to flow. This story did not seem to flow correctly. Mm. And there is no correct way to make a film. To make so, yeah. There is no correct way to tell a story. Yeah. That like there were things about this movie that felt off. That mm. just didn't seem to. It didn't seem to pair well together. Like I didn't like when he was being like cruel about her to his sister, and then she walks into the room and she hears him, and then he yeah. he he's not even surprised in the lead it in the in the least. Oh, he, he couldn't he couldn't it, it couldn't bother him at all. No, of right. course he couldn't care less. I, and I just I do think it comes back to the inconvenience of of love and and just trying to meld people's um, together and just it just it's I I it. It, it did make sense to me throughout, but I, I, I do understand how it it jostled a lot, and there's there there they were bouncing back between like complete infatuation 
and uh, you know, complete, you know, just being over it. It, it was. Yeah. It was. Um, I guess that's what a relationship is. Absolutely. It's. 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 And just the things that I kept thinking about was just truly how difficult it is to meld two lives, especially strong personalities or willful personalities. And you know, I, I, I don't know how human beings do yeah, it. I don't absolutely. know how people are. I, I mean, I don't know how I I'm think, in a relationship where I'm. You know, you share a common space yeah. together, yeah. especially uh, living in New York City, one that's so small. Mm-hmm. He had a whole fucking house. Yeah, was, <laughs> he had a huge house. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, you do. and especially as you get older, mm. as you get, you get older, more set in your ways. Oh my god! That's, I think. I think you know. And that's it's. You see so many relationships that you know are dead that are still continuing, and and it it, it is it's heartbreaking, but it makes sense because just like you're more set in your ways, you're. Probably more, uh, uh, you know, kind of disen- disenchanted with with everything about that person yeah. at that point. And, um, and I, I like think- his I like his uh, his dating style where he like makes it clear up front how he, how he the bachelor wants- life life is for him, and then he kind of like puts that woman into a role. Yeah, like he just fits yeah. her into this. It's, it's just basically if you want to stick around, you're gonna to have to be this way. Right. Uh, I think one of the lines he said to kind of describe what why he wouldn't want a marriage is because that would make him dishonest, and he doesn't want to live like that. Marriage right. would make him which a dishonest. I, which it, it, it makes, makes everyone. It, it definitely definitely makes sense. Have you seen? I haven't, and I love Hitchcock. Have you seen Rebecca? I've never seen Rebecca. I, I think that I, I it, every I read the whole synopsis of it actually. This What's morning. it about? And it's it's got a lot of uh, themes that are similar. Someone kind of coming into the life of someone who who uh, you know lives this type of lifestyle that that Reynolds lived and and, and, and just every who's time in I, it. Uh, I don't I don't know right now, but I I just need to see it. And I need to mention it because I think was that that was that his last one. I don't believe so. Or was so. Rope his last one? Was it Rope? Um, you ever seen Rope? I have not. Another Eight one. shots. I, really? Eight shots. Really? In Rope. Rope's impressive, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, that was the original. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Wow, uh, Rebecca came out in 1940. Yeah, I was in a, it's definitely. So that was one the of the We know the names, the, the, especially the gentleman. I know who. Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> the <Joe>? gentleman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I mean, you don't... Lawrence Olivier is a gentleman. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he beat women. I, yeah. It the, could be... It could be... Lawrence, Lawrence yeah. Olivier had, could a, have been had a, a meeting. Completely hey, how lit was that New Year's Eve party? There was like... There was like... There's floats inside. Yeah. There's caravans. Like, that they party was lit. They don't do it like that anymore. <laughs> they don't do it like that. That was, that was, that was something special. But, um... I don't know. I, it, to me, it pieced together well, and it just seemed like a case study of a man stuck in his ways and the inconvenience that love brought into his world. And and I thought, you know, I always think about the fetishes that, like, whether it's like uh, someone who's into a certain band and that, that they find that person who's into the band so they can do that together. Chris Rock even, I used to say in one of his specials, is like... Two, two crackheads can be two, together at, forever. Forever. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought about when I'm like, when they're doing this, like... Uh, this poisoning slash bring back to health things like you know you can't have a crackhead and not a crackhead but two crackheads can stay together forever right. if, if you do find a way and, I'm, and, and people have the same sexual like uh, needs and stuff I mean they're gonna make each other far happier for, for than people who don't whose fetishes don't align and that is 
That is something that this uh, movie, whether it's purposeful or not, I believe purposeful, definitely brought to brought to light. Right, right. So, um, I want to talk about Johnny Greenwood. I'm sorry about that page flipping. By the way, this mic picks up everything, but I, I got some notes here and there, as I do. Um, the uh, uh, his score is just I just I, it blew my mind because I'm as a huge Radiohead fan. You know, you think you gotta got a sense of what he's capable of and what he what what he could do and just this uh it's this seems so different from what i thought you know was in his uh wheelhouse per se i mean this is something he recorded with a 60 piece orchestra just this like kind of elegant how um how big is a normal i think that's film a, orchestra? that's that's about it 60 i would I don't know that. I was thinking just like big orchestral set, the thing. Yeah, it's 60, 60 people. But like, it's it's a lot of strings. And it's just, it's, it was a true testament, the score to me. Uh, there's a lot of piano. There's a remember. lot of piano, absolutely. And, and, and most of it kind of felt like it added to the elegance and kind of the intimacy and the sophistication. But there's also a lot of it that adds to the tension at points, too. And, um, uh, I don't, I just, I, I, I he's the different. Uh, mood that he's given to all of PTA's films has, has been blowing my mind again and again. I mean, think there about the blood. screeches of "There Will Be Blood," the Stoner, 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 gro- gro- uh, <laughs> I'm not forgetting to talk. Stoner grooves of inherent vice. There's one more, Master, Master. I can't even. I'm not. I, I wasn't a fan of the Master. I, I enjoyed it, but I, I definitely understand that. But I have a fun fact. This is the fun fact part of the show. There's no fun fact, I said. But um, so Greenwood actually inspired the idea of Phantom Thread to Paul Thomas Anderson. What do you say? So they were PTA and uh, Johnny Greenwood. They were at an event for their 2015 collaboration, Janoon. Did you ever listen to the soundtrack of Janoon? It's um, yeah. It's uh, it's mostly Johnny Greenwood, but it's like this crazy Indian music. It's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll Janoon. Janoon. I think I'm saying it right. Jane it was Anne a movie. It's. I think it's a. I think it's a. Maybe it just. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I just listened to the sound. I believe it's a soundtrack. How do you spell that? Uh, J U N U N. Possibly T U N. What's what comes up? Janoon. We're, we're we're doing this on the fly, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny Greenwood. Janoon. And then I get to get to my fun fact because it's super super fun. Uh. Janoon, Janoon. Yeah. 2015. I spelled it right. I did album by the Israeli composer. So it's just an album. It's it. it's totally it, it's wild strings. It's 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 really cool. So they are and the Indian ensemble Rajasthan Express. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they they. I mean, uh, that's a good name. Yeah, Rajasthan Express. Yeah. Um, they're at a collaboration, uh, an event for that collaboration, and. Greenwood makes an offhanded comment about uh, a man named Bo Brumel to Paul Thomas Anderson. And so I'm going to use his words. In his words, we were talking about male grooming. So I told him about Bo Brumel, this Regency dandy who would spend all his money on his quite understated appearance. I think he's being sarcastic. Bo Brumel? Brumel used to have visitors every morning coming and watching prepare him prepare for the day by dressing just so. It's obsessively putting every item of clothing on, adjusting each detail until perfect, and starting again if it wasn't. 
All this to a room full of spectators. So this led um, Paul Thomas Anderson to kind of conceive uh, the he character was, of he was Reynolds an I- Woodcock. He was an iconic figure in Regency England, the arbiter of men's fashion. Yeah. And a friend of the Prince Regent, the future King George IV. Yeah. And... Did not know this. No, no. I mean, it's he's uh, very. Look at that picture. He's very fancy. Oh my gosh! That's look at that. That's that's that is some fancy ass hair. (laughs) The idea of people coming to watch you dress. You know, have you ever heard the um, the thing that uh, Bill Cosby used to make people watch him eat before a set? It sounds (laughs) what a fucking asshole. Speaking of fucking fucked up fetishes, (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah, but it did invite you in that way to, to, you know, and, and I'm using Whoa, that I didn't know by. this. Listen to this. Okay, Hold up. Okay, I'm no sorry problem. to interrupt. Bo Brumel is credited with introducing and establishing as fashion the modern men's suit worn with a necktie. He claimed he took five hours a day to dress and recommended that boots be polished with champagne. The style of dress was referred to as dandyism. So when someone says you're being a dandy, it's, that's from Bo Brunel. If someone's wearing a fucking necktie, it's bro. Is, is that what that just said? Like the style of dress we referred to as dandyism. No, but go back to the necktie thing. Did he just more? Uh, he established he established the modern men's suit worn with the necktie. That's amazing, right there. Yeah. You know what? You do not get that on other uh, film and television podcasts. Yeah. You do not find out where yeah. people people uh, found we, out. We fucked your dandy minds up. Totally. We just blew your mind once again. And welcome to the party, pal. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess what if, if someone could really take away from listening to this, and I, I assume that most people did see it, but if not, I mean... You There's have to, nobody you, that's still listening at this point <laughs> that hasn't seen it. True. I mean, unless they but, didn't want to see it. And they want to find, find it. But, like, all right, say that's the case. Are you not intrigued to watch it after thinking about all these themes and stuff? I mean, I think I'm going to go away thinking more about it, and I think you might, I, too. Yeah. I'm, no. I'll revisit this. <laughs> yeah. I'll revisit it in a year. Especially, like I said, if, I didn't hate it. Especially because it's Paul Thomas Anderson. And you, you know, know, I revisited The Master after I fucking hated it. And because there's a real, I mean, like, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in The Master and Philip Seymour Hoffman's Remarkable. performance are insanely They're good. They're so good. The production good. value that they set, the shot and shooting, it's just, it's I a, mean, there's, there's, it's, you kind of got to give, uh, you know, give yourself over to his work. And that's why I, I, I revisit his films and I, I just, I, I, you know, I buy in so much. And I, I'm sure that's what happened here. And, and it just, it's, he's just, he's a genius. Right. And, um, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. I'm trying to think if there's any other things, but before uh, any closing thoughts or anything, uh, if you think we're full of shit, if you think we did anything right, we do have um, we do have an uh, email. You can contact us uh, at it's a it's it's a mouthful, but it's welcome to the party pal podcast at gmail dot com. Welcome to the Party Pal Podcast. You know what? Another thing is, as we're just getting kind we, of started. Um, we got a Twitter and an uh, yeah. Instagram as well. Instagram, yeah, what's the Instagram? Instagram at Welcome to the Party Pal Podcast. I and can't think Twitter of the Twitter right now, the but it's on. Twitter at To the Party Pal. Yeah, To the Party Pal. At To the Party Pal. Thank you, Brian. Um, and also, as we're kind of just, you know, this podcast is just getting off the ground. Uh, if you want us to, like, if you want to make recommendations on what you want to hear us get into, throw that our way, too. Or if you had questions on what we're talking about, 
um, you know, our inbox is empty right now. You put something in there. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. So so find your way to it. But um, do you have any um, closing thought? Anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about with this film? Yeah, no, I think I um, I definitely wanted to drive that car. Yeah, yeah, the car driving scenes are cool. You know, yeah. it did. It took me back too, and I'm glad I, I I didn't have much to say about Rebecca, but I'm glad I did bring up Hitchcock because there was it definitely brought me back to watching like you know some films with Cary Grant or older older time. It 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 just it felt different. Um, I you know I'm I'm kind of uh, a, a weird romantic. I love an offbeat romance story and. And I didn't expect this to be that, and it was as an offbeat romance story as you can find. I mean, the, those two turned out to be kind of freaks, and and I'm kind of into that shit. I, it, it always the 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 freaky couples that find each other and find a way to um, find happiness always always gets me, and that that was something that did it for me. So yeah, yeah. So Phantom Thread in the books. Uh, we don't know what's next, but uh, we'll be coming at you real soon. Thank you for listening um and thanks for hanging out of the party